Welcome to the Exhibit C Podcast, where two guys give their primitive and extremely biased opinions on the state of the National League East Division. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are, two days away from opening day. Let's review the Braves. In their 2020 season, it was magical. It was everything we could ever have expected. No, it wasn't. COVID happened. We didn't know that there was going to be a season. And yet, the Braves had a very memorable season from all the fans' point of view. They won the NL East again. And boy, did Freddie Freeman finally get what he deserved. He got that long sought-after MVP. And to be honest with you, in my opinion, I know he didn't finish second. It was Mookie Betts. But... Marcelo Zuna almost won the triple crown in batting average, leading the National League in batting average. I think almost the entire MLB batting average home runs RBIs. So the Braves, you know, long story short, the whole lineup essentially had a great season minus third base. The pitching staff did not do good. They did not do good. I think they finished last in starting pitching in uh, wins above replacement in war in the conference. And yet the bullpen was the best in the conference. So, uh, in the playoffs, they really excelled. So, the, you know, Mike Soroka goes down, Max Reed steps up. Ian Anderson comes up and performs awesome. He's, I think he's going to be rookie of the year this year, if you had to ask my opinion. And so it just all falls into the place. And they kind of have the pitching, like, top – heavy pitching rotation to do well in the playoffs and they got lucky to play the Reds and then they played the Marlins and then you know what they almost freaking beat the Dodgers they had them on the ropes they could have won the World Series but they did not but I don't even feel bad about it because they got to the National League Championship Series they were on the verge of going to the World Series and so it was a good year so Christian kind of with me wrapping that up in a in a, in a nice nut Give me your, your your vantage point on what the Braves did in 2020. Yeah, I think you really hit it right on the head there. The Braves were – I mean, I, they dominated the NL East pretty much all season. And that lineup, we've talked at it at length already in previous episodes. But they, they were pretty unstoppable for most of the season. I know you mentioned that the starters weren't exactly up to stuff. But, I mean, they had, I think – I believe the third worst starter ERA in the MLB. So that, that that's something that will – need to be improved in the future. But like you mentioned, pretty top-heavy. Once you get down to the playoffs, it really didn't seem to hurt them much. And, yeah, it, it, it was it was a hell of a run for the Braves and really almost I, as close as anybody to the Dodgers in the MLB right now, which is which is really the benchmark. Yeah, I just, I just kind of want to run through the lineup a little bit. I mean, Freddie Freeman, obviously, we highlighted him. 3.3 war in 60 games. Um, then Marcelo Zuna, what you talk about, a great one-year signing. They they signed him in the offseason to, I think, an underslotted deal because the DH isn't in effect this year in the National League. So the Braves got him on what I think is a good deal. He was second on the lineup above Ronald Acuna Jr. in war, and that's at 2.5. Ronald was at 2.4. Then Dansby, who had a really solid 60 games stretch of the season right under two and I think the surprise I mean you knew Marcel Ozuna was going to come in and hit a few home runs and show off a lot of power you didn't expect him to bat you know 338 um his bat pip wasn't even that high it was right at 391 so it's not entirely out of the question for him not to regress back to where he was with the Cardinals so that's an entirely different conversation I want to have right now because I want to get to Travis D'Arnaud 
the silver slugger winner of, over Real Muto. I don't want to get into that <laughs> conversation because there is no conversation. I think Real Muto is much better, but Travis Diarnot was really solid for the Braves and. I think he's due for a lot of regression. He batted 321, and his bat pit was at 411. So I think that's due for some regression. I don't think he's a 321 header. I don't think his WRC plus is at 144. I think I think it's right around 100, but we'll see. And the lineup was really good outside of third base. And Riley played good in the playoffs. He's had a couple of home runs uh, in the preseason in the um, spring training this year. So we'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, I'm just – I mean, if Dansby Swanson, honestly, if Dansby Swanson and Arno can produce as they produced last year, this Braves lineup is elite. And I know that they have a question mark at third base. And, yeah, that's that's the only question mark, and that really could hinder them, especially with the Mets having a really solid lineup and a great pitching staff. And let's get into that pitching staff a little bit. Max Reed, we talked about 1.5, one's above replacement. Then Ian Anderson, who's going to be back in the rotation at 1.1 – uh, war and then Tyler Magic out of the pen was the third over any of the starters at point eight <laughs> wins above replacement. Soroka, of course, towards Achilles early in the season. Um, Cole Hamels made one or two pitching, he made one appearance. They paid that man millions of dollars for one appearance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, like you mentioned, it, it'll be really interesting going into this next season because you obviously have Freed and Anderson, those are two. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're studs. They're young studs right now. But the, the addition to Soroka, if and when he's healthy, do you, is he on the opening day roster? Is he on the, the aisle right now? No, he, he, he won't be on the opening day roster, but he could come back pretty, pretty soon. The, I think the Braves are opening the season with a four-man rotation the first week or two. Um, and that rotation, yeah, and so they signed a couple of guys. That rotation would be Freed as their guy. Charlie Morton, who just is aging like wine right now. He, he's done well in spring training, too. Charlie Morton, Ian Anderson, and uh, Drew Smiley, who is uh, – he's a Philadelphia Philly alumni. Yeah, he, he's a, he was a brief um, – had a brief stint with the Phillies about half a season. He, he showed some flashes. I think he is a – he's a guy that had a – he he's a guy that could really bolster the back of a, of a rotation. He he's been pretty solid his whole career. Had a couple down years recently, but really turned. He looks like he's maybe starting to turn things around. Had started five games with the Giants last year. Had a, had a decent um, had some decent stats. So I think he's a guy that, from what I've seen, it, 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 he it's definitely an improvement over those guys that you would be thrown out there. Um, for the fourth or fifth starters last year for the Braves. Yeah, and he he pitched today, uh, the final day of spring training. He went four and a two, uh, four and two thirds innings, no earned runs, four strikeouts, there zero walks. So he he did his thing. It's going to be interesting, you know, how he progresses uh, throughout. And guess who threw today? Guess who Who's threw that? today? Mike Soroka, Maple Maddox, baby. Yeah, he threw two innings, a uh, couple of walks, a couple of strikeouts. I, I don't expect him to actually pitch until well into May, uh, but I, I'm not. I actually I can't remember the reports of what they're saying, but yeah, yeah, it's it's ex- Christian. We're two days away. We're two, two days. days, and I don't. You know, do you have any idea who the Phillies play on Thursday? That would be the Atlanta Braves. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's it's gonna be awesome. I think that that first game is gonna be it's gonna be beautiful to have it back. Do you know where the game is? Is it Atlanta or Philly? I haven't. 
No, I, there, I, I heard there's going to be a lot of brotherly love at the stadium, so I'm assuming Philadelphia. Okay, great. So the Philadelphia is now welcoming some capacity of fans back to the stadium. So it it's going to be as electric as a few thousand people could be. But hopefully, yeah, it's going to be great. Nola on the bump. Are the Braves starting Freed? Yeah, Freed starting. Here, you know what? We're going to do an impromptu little thing right now, if you don't mind. Let's go through each position on the Braves in Philly because they're playing in two days. And let's let's say, all right, I'll take him or I take him. For example, first base, we're going to be like Freddie Freeman, Reese Hoskins. Which one are you going to take? And Reese yeah. Hoskins. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not taking Reese. Let's be honest here. If it, if it was Carlos that's about, Santana, that's probably the easiest argument. one. That's the easiest one. <laughs> All right, so All let's right. do it. Let's and let's start with first base. Obviously, Freddie Freeman is a superstar, and we're going to go with Freddie Freeman. Second base. Yeah. Who do the Phillies got? We have Gene Segura, who is not uh, nearly as exciting as Ozzy Albies. So I think we're we're taking the Braves there. Uh, hey, I love I love my guys from Curacao. So let's Ozzy Albies, and then shortstop would be, I you know yeah shortstop's a, it, that's a pretty pretty even one with uh, yeah I'd say Dansby. That, that's that's probably as much of a toss up as you're gonna get with these uh, with these lineups. Um, so since it's a toss up, and since oh, the Phillies, what, yeah, what was uh what how many home runs did he hit last year? Didi, you know? uh, yeah, Didi. I I can know very shortly. Um, he hit. I think it was it was somewhere around like ten. It was ten. Yeah, it was ten. And he led the team in RBIs last year with forty in sixty games. So he he's he. I, I think. I mean, I know it was only sixty games this past season, but you could make you could make a case that this was the best we've seen from D in pretty much his entire career. So I I, lo- I love having him. Um, and I yeah, I think I'd take him. I'd take him over Dansby. He he leaves a bit in defense to to Dansby, but I think um he's prove he's a much more proven hitter at this stage in his career. Yeah, if the Braves actually had a lack of power from the left handed side, I think I would go with Didi. But they don't. And I think Dansby last year in F war led all of baseball in shortstops at that, mainly because of his defense. Let's just say this. I'll take Dansby's last year over DD's, but I'll take DD's last couple of years over Dansby, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think the body of work is a much more um, – it, it plays a big factor in here. Obviously, Dansby's a young guy, and probably if you were, if you were putting together – a team to make a, a five-year run that's that's probably your guy but this season I'm taking Didi all right and I think third base by a landslide we're going to go with the promising rookie out of Wichita yes, State that, that would be Alec Baum he, he he's awesome he's been raking in spring training too so it looks like he's he's ready to continue the awesome stretch of games that he had at the end of last season where he was you, you can really make the case that he was the best he was hitting better than anyone on the Phillies at the end of last season. So it, it's super exciting to have him super exciting to finally have a third baseman that could play a bit. So yeah, definitely, definitely Alec there. All right. We'll go, we'll round it out with catcher. And I, and as much as I like, I enjoyed watching Travis D'Arno win the silver slugger last year. It's your boy. Can't believe you guys <laughs> resigned him. Yeah. That that's JT Romuto by a landslide. You, you mentioned, I mean, if D'Arno could, put up a, a performance this season that is half of what he did last year, then y'all will be incredibly lucky. But he, he was, he, he was, he was awesome last year, but JT, JT is, 
as good as it gets. Yeah, JT's the best hitting catcher in the league, and there's and it's not even relatively close. And you know, and the thing about you know Darno is that he produced in the playoffs too, which was you know typically you see people players regress, and he really didn't. He didn't really do too much against the Dodgers, but against the Marlins, he was absolutely raking. Um, so let's 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 do pitchers last. And let's go to left field. So that's going to be Azuna for the Braves and McCutcheon for the Phillies. Oh man, that that that's got to be Azuna. I mean, the dude you you mentioned it. He he almost hit for the triple crown last year, which you don't see very often. McCutcheon is not the MVP that he once was. Still a very solid player. Definitely a, a far better fielder than Ozuna. But what Ozuna brings at the plate is is right up there with anybody in the division. I mean, if you're going off of last year, so that that is pretty promising. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I think I think was it two years ago when Kutch tore his ACL and it really derailed the Philly season for me. You remember that? Yeah, that that was two years ago. He was he was playing awesome. He was an awesome leadoff hitter until June. The Phillies were leading the division. And he tore his ACL and then just complete 180 on that season. So I, I think with it'll be interesting to watch with McCutcheon how he does this season because last season he he struggled a little bit. He he played fine, but he wasn't the player that you would expect him to be. But he also didn't have an offseason to prepare. He was coming off of an ACL injury. So this this time around, McCutcheon's got a whole offseason to get himself right. And he, it, it could play some it could pay some pretty big dividends um, going into this next season. So that'll be something to keep your eye on. And as we transition to center field, kind of talk about the battle going on out there in Philly. Yeah, so we mentioned it in, in the Phillies episode, but it, it was really – it was probably a, a four-person race in, in center field for Philadelphia the, between Adam Hazley, Odubel Herrera, Scott Kingery, and Roman Quinn. And Odubel Herrera, thankfully, I think it really was not worth it given that he's just not that great of a player. Um, he, he, was, he's not, he has not made the opening day roster. And Scott Kingery, who – was hailed as Chase Utley 2.0 just a few years ago. It was optioned to AAA. So that that really hurts if you're a Phillies fan. It's kind of it, – it's, it's one of those weird situations where it's hard to say whether it's as much of an indictment on the organization and Kapler's inability to develop such a promising player or the even more scary thought, which is just that maybe he wasn't the guy that we thought he was. So that that's something that's really unfortunate. But yeah, those last two guys that are on the opening day roster, center fielders, will be Roman Quinn and Adam Hazley. And I think it'll be Hazley out there for opening day. Don't quote me on that. Um, he's coming off of like a little injury for, during spring training. But it'll be interesting to see how they play with those two because – Roman Quinn, he he offers a lot of athleticism. So if he could put it all together, that's a dangerous player to have out there. But we're only talking about this because it, it isn't even close who anybody would rather have between the Braves center fielder and the Phillies center fielder. Well, and that's going to be interesting because it's not Acuna. Acuna's in right field, yeah. So that's gonna oh, be, it'll be it's Pache gonna, it's, then. Yeah, it's going to be Pache, which I would take over both Phillies. 
Yeah, I think I, 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 you know if Hazley plays every day, I think Hazley is actually going to have a better, much better year at the plate. But Pache defensively, I don't, I'm not sure. You know, it's interesting to have the conversation between Ender and Ciorte and Pache defensively, and I think most people will take Pache because of his speed. But Ender is maybe the game's top three center fielder defensively. Just can't hit for anything. And so, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I take Pache though over over Quinn or Hazley, and that you know brings us to a very interesting debate on right field. Yeah, that's a debate that yeah that that is fascinating that you bring that up. Yeah, because that that that's the best. I mean, you you you'd say Cunha's your best player, right? Yeah, no, I think I would say Freddie Freeman. I mean, I, okay, most talented player, yes. Most valuable player? No. For I think Freeman is the most valuable player. I think Ronald is the most talented player. And if if we go by war off of last season, I'm looking at Harper's. He was at 1.6, and Ronald Acuna was at 2.4. Uh, Ronald batted 250 last year, um, but he had a WRC plus of 158. How many games did uh, Acuna play? Acuna played 46. He was hurt for a little bit, and Bryce played 58. Played 58. So that that war is even more in Acuna's favor then. Yeah. I mean, he just – I want to know where the discrepancy is. Harper batted at a higher batting average uh, by 18 points. More, I imagine. Um, Harper had 13 home runs. Acuna had 14. So Acuna had one more home run. Uh, he walked 19% of the time. Harper walked. I mean, I forget. I forget how good of a of approach Bryce has at the plate. Yeah, no, no, nobody really likes to pitch to him. But yeah, he did lead the NL walks last year. But it's 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 pretty crazy that Ronald is up. I mean, he's kind of close to him. Twenty point one percent for Bryce Harper. Eighteen point eight percent for Ronald Acuna in yeah, walk impressive. percentage. But Acuna struck out thirty percent of the time, and Harper only struck out seventeen percent of the time. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, that that's a really tough tough battle. Um, defensively, the edge is probably Acuna. Bryce Harper plays incredibly hard, and he's got an absolute laser. But yeah, yeah I, 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 would, I would give the edge to Acuna defensively. Yeah, and on the base pass. <sighs> All right, if you told me if you if you could sign a player to a three year. $100 million contract, and you gave me both Ronald Acuna and Bryce Harper, who would you sign for that same money, same amount of time? I don't know who what, who I would tell you. I think I would sign – and I, I might just be biased, but I'd sign Bryce Harper. He has – he. I mean, he had, when he was 22, one of the best seasons that you can have as a baseball player. And he – has been up and down a little bit since then, but he's he's still Bryce Harper. He's still box office, and he's incredibly. If if it's a wash, if all things being equal between the players, which they they honestly are pretty equal, Bryce Harper, just what he brings to the clubhouse, what he brings to the city. I love I love having him as a as a Philadelphia Philly, and even though the Phillies have struggled massively the past couple of years, he's made every game exciting because when Bryce Harper's hitting, 
it looks like he's going to tear the cover off the baseball every time he swings. So that I'll take Bryce Harper. You know, I, I think the same argument could be made for Acuna. Uh, Braves fans get excited. And okay, I'm looking at their defensive rating, and Harper is at negative five. Acuna's at two, a positive two. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my boy Ronald. A very biased take. I'm sure if you ask somebody outside the NL East who 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 they would take most would take Harper. But then again, the stat. I mean, if we're going off of last year's stats and maybe the stats overall, I'm not even sure. Um, for the last two and a half years, who would you take? But you take you take your boy Bryce. I'll take my boy Ronnie, and we'll go from there. Yeah, right. I, I think that's a fun that's a fun debate that we'll be able to have all season. So that it'll be interesting to follow them over the course of the year. And so I think that leads us into another interesting, um, you know, conversation about the ace right now would be Max Reed. For you the think it's interesting? Oh yeah. All right, let's look. All right, let's let's bring up the statistics. Nola had two WAR last year, and I believe that is higher than what Freed had. Yeah, Freed was awesome last year, and he, I, I, what did he finish second in the Cy Young last season? Yeah, behind Bauer. Yeah, I think I think you're right. No, no, Nola. I mean, especially the longevity of how he's been at the top of his game. You'd pick Nola every time. Even last year, Nola had more uh, WAR than um, Max Reed. Yeah, and I, I sent you. I mean, I know it's just spring training, but I sent you a couple of days ago, Nola, like a a box score of the Phillies playing the Yankees and the Yankees. Nola pitched six innings, and the Yankees played their starters for six innings and Nola went six and allowed a one hit, no walks and struck out nine dudes. So you can't deny Nola's stuff. So he can be a little bit inconsistent. He has shown that he falls away a bit at the end of the season, but the dude's a stud and he he's fun to watch. Yeah. I'm looking at their stats and uh, Max Freed last year did a great job of limiting home runs yeah, per nine innings, he gave up 0.3. And per nine innings for Nola, he gave up 1.1. Yeah, Nola's – I think Nola's a stud. I think he's a top five pitcher in the conference No, easily. I think – I mean, argument could be made top three. So, um, and then I – you know, Wheel that, that, that brings up Wheeler versus – right now, I think that would be Charlie Morton. I think the Braves would pitch Charlie Morton second if they were in the playoffs. So, I, I think that, – That's it. That's an ex- I mean, I think that is that prospect is exciting for Braves fans that that they have the confidence in Charlie Morton that that cliff isn't isn't this year. So if Charlie Morton is the dude that he has been for the last few seasons, then th- the Braves could beat anyone. So I think that that that's interesting that you say that. I didn't expect that. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he's done decently well in spring training, um, and they just hopefully Charlie Morton will be what Cole Hamels wasn't last year, and that's just somewhat reliable. Um, so for the Braves, the number three starter would seem before, and until Mike Soroka gets back would be Ian Anderson, the rookie. Um, and for the Phillies, who would that be? That's going to be Zach Eflin going into this next season, and I think. Obviously, Ian Anderson had a fantastic season last year, and he'll be he'll be a rookie again, technically by the rules this year. Um, but it, it, that'll be interesting, another interesting one to watch because if Ian Anderson is the guy he was last year, Eflin isn't touching that. 
But if if he they kind of if he kind of regresses a bit to more what you'd expect out of him, then it could be a pretty interesting debate because Eflin seems to be moving in the right direction um, just over his last few seasons. I would take Ian Anderson every time. I would too. Don't get me wrong. I, I would too, 100%. <laughs> well, I'm looking at it, and Eflin actually had one and a half war last year, which is very surprising from my end because, you know, the I've seen Eflin just get absolutely smacked sometimes. Eflin and Pavetta were the two spanking boys for the last couple of years for some team. Yeah, and uh, Eflin has a, a history of giving up a lot of home runs. He's He's, he's pitched a lot. I mean, he's been in the MLB for five years, and he's pitched a lot, started a lot of games. And so this isn't a fluke number. It, his home runs per nine in his career is 1.5. So that isn't something – that's something that needs to go down a lot, a lot. And, and, and so he had more war than Anderson last year, but Anderson only pitched in six games, um, which is yeah. crazy that he accumulated 1.1 more when you, if you think about it. And then Eflin pitched in – 10 games. He, 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 he started 10. Yeah, started yeah. 10. Yeah. How many innings did uh, Anderson throw? Uh, 32 and a third. What was? Yeah, so that that's that's about a little over half of what uh, Eflin pitched. He pitched 59 innings. 59, so yeah. That war for – I mean, Ian Anderson's season last year was very, very impressive. I've watched him in spring training. So, Anderson last year just had a – he had a pretty solid fastball, I think – mid 90s sometimes low 90s and then he just had a devastating change up like it was like you know those overlays you see on twitter or the fastball and like right at the apex of the pitch and mm-hmm. then they have the change up and then how it just you know the overlay and you know the action and the break on it and he was trying to actually in some games i saw him try to use a curveball which was interesting if he adds that to the arsenal but you know i think I mean, who else in the National League do you think? I mean, is is Bohm again another? Is he a rookie or is he officially? No, nah, he okay. yeah, he he's officially he's moving up. Yeah, I think Andrew. I mean, I don't think there's anyone. I, I think one Anderson could have been an argument could have made that he could have been top three rookie last year with Bohm and the guy from the and the relief pitcher from <laughs> Milwaukee. Yeah, I can't get over yeah, that I, a relief I, pitcher won that award. I mean, it does say a lot about that dude's season, but it it is pretty it. That's not, that's not a reliever award. Let's be honest here. Unless they were going to give it to Sir Anthony before he got hurt. <laughs> I think actually, I want to. If I, I don't know if I remember correctly, but I think Craig Kimbrell may have won that award um, for the Braves back in the day when he was just throwing 120 miles an yeah, hour. Yeah, I mean, when he was Craig Kimbrell, that's that's a different story entirely. All right, I'm going to go off track a little bit right now before we get back into this pitching discussion. Do you rem- do you remember there's a game I think in 2012 against the Phillies and the Braves and it was in the top of the ninth inning and Dan Ugla was at the plate and you have oh, Dan Ugla you have the Phillies fans and ESPN is showing the Phillies fans I don't know what they're saying to him but they're just like you know just just talking crap to him they're chanting in unison I was, do remember this, and yeah. it was bases loaded, and then all of all of a sudden, Dan Huckley just smacks the ball over the fence, and you just see it. the Phillies fans, this group of Phillies fans, just really the most depressed group of individuals I have ever Dan, seen. Dan Ugla, can we talk about Dan Ugla for I a second? Because I hate Dan Ugla so much, and that damn season when he went on that freaking hit streak, and I mean, and he still my, batted I, like two twenty. I. I lived in – we lived in um, North Carolina, so all you could get on TV was Braves games. You couldn't get the Phillies. And 
we so we only time we could watch the Phillies was when it was the um, the Turner Sports um, commentators and yeah. Dan Ugler, when he was on that hit streak, that was the most ridiculous thing because he sucked. Let, let's guess something straight. Yeah, he straight. was bad that for the Braves. I, I remember bad. this dearly. And he was bad at baseball. And, oh, my God, that dude, he was like – it was like it was like close to 50 games, wasn't it? I think it might have been 33, but it was – 33, was oh, that's, that's, that's as close to 50 as anybody will get besides – But, again, on the, he, had, he had that hit streak, and he batted 220. <laughs> And every other year in his career, he's below the Mendoza line. So. Yeah, I mean, with oh the Braves, I think with the Marlins, he had a couple of glory days. He was, he was, a, he was, he was the greatest thing about that season. He was a freaking all-star batting 220. Oh, my gosh. That, that's, like <laughs> the, that's like the Draymond Green of baseball. Yeah, okay. That's enough, Dan Ugla, for the rest of the yeah, year. No, exactly. Yeah, let's, moving on. All right, so let, let's let, – because the Braves only have four pitchers in the rotation right now, uh, I guess I guess we could talk about a couple of the young bucks. Or, I mean, if, if you want to throw Mike Soroka in this discussion. Yeah, man, if you want to throw – Soroka is interesting because the, the, the people that are rounding out the Phillies rotation this year will be Chase Anderson and Matt Moore, which is a huge improvement over the guys that have been – filling that role over the past few seasons past freaking since we had the, all the aces back in 2011, but um, it, it'll be interesting to see how they do. They're, they're two guys that are both capable of hovering right around four ERA. And you really don't know what we're going to get with Soroka this year. So what, what are your expectations for him this season? You know, I don't think he's got, I mean, he, the Achilles injury is a big Andrew to come back on, just rest in peace, Kobe. But that kind of is what ended his prime. I don't know. Um, I, I, I think um, I'm not going to expect him to be that. I mean, the ace that he was last year. I mean, he was absolutely dealing in his few games that he pitched. Um, I think I think he will pitch if he comes back and the Braves make the playoffs. He'll be a part, he'll definitely be a part of that. You know, rotational playoff starting pitchers, but. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Honestly, I'm not sure. I I would like if you put him and Nola or him and Wheeler, I would take Nola and Wheeler over him just because he's coming back off of an injury. Um, but I'm excited for him to get back and working with the Braves and see what happens. The fact that he is he's just not a blow me like a blow past you fastball guy, I think helps him because he doesn't have to rely. He still doesn't have to rely on getting that speed and the velocity back up to like 99 um, because it worked mm-hmm. beforehand. So yeah, I think uh, he, he won't come back right off the bat and we'll, and we'll I, yeah, we'll see. And I, and I hope yeah. he's the Mike Sroka of old. And um, I, I know I've asked this before, but it, it's his plant foot, right? Yeah, I think it was his right – his he's right-handed, and it was his right leg. Okay, so that, that's something to watch, too. But um, you you mentioned that he w- he has pitched a bit in spring training. Yeah, so he like, pitched Are the velos there? Um, I honestly didn't check. I think – I, I want to see what I'm, – I'm clicking on him now. This was his um, first appearance of the spring um, – and I, I, I haven't checked out on uh, the talking chop or anywhere talking about his velo, but it will be interesting to see. But he, again, he sat around like 93, 94. I mean, all the, the Braves honestly don't have any pitchers that can blow you away. I mean, I think yeah, Smiley no Morton. Yeah, no power. I mean, Freed actually, when he came up, he was throwing. I mean, I still think Freed throws upper, like for a left hander, especially, he throws a, a 95 plus, especially starting the game. So that's 
you know, I don't, he's not blowing you by like a Rodas Chapman, but he doesn't mm-hmm. pitch slow. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's dude, Christian baseball is two days away. It's a beautiful thing. And it's going to be a whole lot of NL East early. I, I don't, I haven't checked the other team's schedules, but I know the Braves or the Phillies start their season. They hear the first four series. Braves, Mets, Braves, Mets. So if, if that first 16 or first 12, I'm an idiot, first 12 games of the season will, I mean, not only be incredibly important 160 games down the road, but we're going to know a lot about who I think are the top three teams in this division very early on. And that is so exciting as a Phillies fan. Hopefully it – doesn't end up being incredibly depressing, but it is very, it'll be very interesting to watch those early games. All right. Let me tell you something here, Thursday, April 1st, 2021 Braves Phillies, 3.05 p.m. Eastern time starting pitchers, Max Freed, Aaron Nola. Then we go down a little bit and you have the New York Mets and Washington Nationals at 7.09 p.m. Eastern time, Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer. And then the Marlins, and I will say the reigning um, participant in the National League Divisional Series, Marlins, are playing the Tampa Bay Rays at 4.10 p.m. Eastern time. And that's Tyler Glasnow pitching for Tampa Bay and Sandy Alicantara, which is interesting that they're not going to throw a 6-0 out there. Yeah, I, I saw something a, a few days ago, and I meant to bring it up, but – He's. They have him slotted at number three right now. I think, which is interesting. Well, Sandy it shows had a, good a lot year of last year. It shows. Yeah, it shows a lot of confidence in in those guys that they that they rolled out for more games than Sixto played last year. But it they they do have a very good staff. So that 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 is nice um, as a Marlins fan that they have that depth, and it'll be interesting to see how how that shuffles in in the season and if they're able to defy all the odds again this year and make a playoff run what who they decide to go with late in those late season games who, who is their number is it pablo pablo uh yeah lopez? pablo San- lopez it's <laughs> like backyard baseball <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't uh, uh, never, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, no. That's yeah. It's Pablo. Pablo Lopez, and then six. I mean, again, the the freaking Marlins have a great. I mean, for where they were two years ago, they have a really solid starting pitching staff. Maybe their bullpen is, will be a little bit better this year. I think they were not as well as I thought. I, I, I well, was the, looking. The Phillies actually stole their their uh, closer from them. So, not that that means anything because well, the uh, Phillies need a lot of help in the bullpen. <laughs> We won't even start – the Braves have a better bullpen than the Phillies, and it's not even close. And, yeah, we don't – Yeah, but, we don't need it. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about uh, – the Phillies do have an exciting few guys. I mean, the bullpen is not nearly as terrible as it was last year, but the Braves are have a very good bullpen, and we we know this. But the the closer – I mean, do the Braves have a um, – like a designated closer going into this season? No, I do not. It was Mark Melanson traditional. I think Will Smith is going to be their go-to. He got better as the season went on. He was injured a little bit. Um, Will Smith is their highest paid. Um, and their other top-end uh, relievers, Chris Martin has been such a good p- uh, relief pitcher since coming over from the Rangers. And Shane Green did not resign. They let Melanson go. Um 
Uh, Tyler Matzik was actually our best pitcher out of the pin last year. I'm not sure if he's actually going to be as good as he was last year. He almost had uh, he had .8 WAR. Uh, we'll see how good he is. AJ Minter got better last year than he was. He had a down year, but yeah, we'll see. The pin is good, um, and I'm not I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, the reason I mentioned that is because if we were going to do that closer um, matchup with the Phillies, the Phillies have a guy that or in RT Bradley who is one of the less notable offseason pickups from an MLB perspective, but is one that is huge and incredibly underrated, I think. Um, he, he's been a very good relief pitcher for his whole career. He hasn't been a closer in his career, but I think the Phillies are really going to lean on him a lot, especially with some of what they've seen in spring training. He's, he's pitched 10 innings so far and only given up one run. So I know it's spring training, but – that you don't want the dude to have given up twelve. I'll, I'll take I'll take one run, ten innings there. So that that's it's a good sign. And that wraps up our preview series. Thanks for listening, guys, and check out our Spotify page back on Sunday for the opening series review in the NL East.